What is up, everybody? I am wearing a headset mic because this is the only clear way I could actually talk, well, clearly and explicitly. I don't want to use my computer's mic just because it's not as strong as this. So, breaking right into it, I had seen Dungeons & Dragons, not the old 1999 or 2000 film, um, but the 2023, the one that just came out last week, I saw an early screening of it on Wednesday, like this past Wednesday, uh, and that was actually Wednesday the 29th, according to my Windows calendar, and I just seen it again last night on April the 1st, April Fool's Day, so, um, yeah, um, of course, I really laughed during the Wednesday showing because there was more people. It was a fan event, a uh, uh, sneak peek. I also saw another a sneak peek of a, another movie, which came out. Uh, that was roughly Thursday. Uh, that was also a fan event. Uh, oh, it was Ale, and that was good. Um, that's scheduled to come out this coming week, if it hadn't already. But back to Dungeons and Dragons. This movie was really hilarious. Um, you think that among all the other movies that have supposed to have been funny but were not, most notably, Haunt for Jesus, Save Your Soul, how the trailer made that movie look like it was supposed to be funny, but it, to me it never was. This movie actually is funny. Um, Chris Pine's comedy slash acting and whatever, everything he does is just brilliant. It's like he's gone a long way from being Star Trek or any uh, other character. I don't know his whole filmology, but if I look it up real quick, I'm sorry, not Chris Pratt, Chris Pine. Might have to edit that out. Chris Pine, he has gone a long way from being uh, in Star Trek, and uh, according to his filmology, Wonder Woman, and he was just in a movie last year called called Don't Worry Darling, where he plays a character called Frank, which is pretty much the uh, the bad guy in that movie. If you don't know what that movie is, Don't Worry Darling, it starred uh, Florence Pugh as uh, this woman who was pretty much stuck in a, reality, a, a virtual reality. Also stars... Um, Harry Styles as her husband Jack and Olivia Wilde, you know, amongst other notable actors in that film that came out uh, last year. But back to Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons is by far the most funniest film I've seen this year. And I know it's still early in the year, 2023, but well, we're starting off quite nice this year. You know, every year is different. You have some movies that are funny, some movies that are scary, some movies that actually work, but some movies that don't work. Uh, 2022 was a dead, it was a dead example, like, it was really, you just didn't know which movie was going to be good. Uh, you know, Avatar pretty much finished off 2022, 2022 with, the, with you know, a good, it was a good movie. But going into 2023... I dare say that Dungeons & Dragons is one of those movies that actually worked for me. If you, if you want to know more about it, uh, I, I would be more than happy to tell you. Um, right now, I'm trying to be spoiler-free and uh, really, really sell the movie, you know, 
without spoiling anything, I would say you would definitely have a good time. It has a familiar story, but it's told in a way that's not as familiar as most films. You know, it's 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 kind of the way they do the editing, the way they do the twisting and toning. It's it's I dare say it's a uh, it's different because it's not really how how you would expect it to be told. It kind of it goes a little bit back and forth, so you do have to pay attention. I was confused. But I say you definitely want to catch the movie at the very beginning. As soon as you see the title, as soon as you see the production company and the distribution company, I would say get there a good 5 to 10 minutes before it's supposed to show. If you don't want to watch trailers, that is. Because during the fan event, I actually missed a very key component. I missed roughly somewhere around 10 minutes-ish, maybe 7 or so. Um, no more than 10, but when I missed that, and I watched the second time, I was like, okay, I missed that one key part. And I will talk about that part in the spoiler uh, part of this movie review. But going with the spoiler free, this movie stars, stars Michelle Rodriguez of the Fast and Furious franchise. Um, stars, of course, Chris Pine. Um, stars also with Gay Gene Page, you know him from a no, another notable film that came out roughly last year called, called The Gray Man. Uh, he was a character called Carmichael. Uh, also stars Justice Smith. Justice Smith, he is, uh, he plays a character called Simon who is more of a wizard. Justice Smith is known for, you know, the movie Pokemon with Ryan Reynolds uh, playing the voice of Pikachu. Um, he's also known in, uh, in some other things. Uh, Jurassic World franchise, he was just in the last movie actually. He had a cameo more or less. Or, maybe not a cameo, but like an extra uh, Juan's Gone Wrong, he plays a vo he's a voice actor for a character called Mark, um, I've honestly forgot about that movie pretty much, but, yeah, Jurassic World Dominion, uh, acting for Just Cause, Pokemon Detective Pikachu, that's the one where he plays Tim Goodman, who's the son of a detective, he's trying to find his dad, and it turns out his dad's actually bonded with the Pikachu to the point where that's why he understands them. Uh, also, Jurassic World or Fallen Kingdom. In Jurassic World, he plays Franklin Webb. So yeah, you can uh, look up his, uh, you know, his film, his filmology. Once again, his name is Justice Smith. And no, he is not related to Will Smith. I looked it up, and even to me, he looked like he could be related to him because it's not really much his skin tone so much as just how his build forms and the way his ears are shaped and the way his cheekbones are, he looks like he could be related to Will Smith. I'm not even going to lie. I'm not going to cap. I'm going to be honest. He he looks like he could be like his son or nephew or something, but he's not. He's, he stated so in an interview. Uh, also, in this in ensemble, we have Sophia Lillis. Um, we, we know her from the It, the, the uh, Stephen King's It franchise. Not the original film, but the remake of the original film. She's primarily in the first one, the chapter one one. Not so much as chapter two. They have kind of like flashbacks of their past in chapter two. But she's most notable in the first one. Um, and, you know, having said that, she's got other notable roles, including Gretel and Hansen. Not Hansen and Gretel. But Gretel and Hansen. So it they flipped the woes to kind of, I guess, avoid copyright because there was a Hansen and Gretel starring uh, Jeremy Weiner from a few years back. But yeah, so she's in 
it, it chapter two, Gretel and Hansel, or Hansel, however you pronounce it, depending on if you're British. Nancy Drew in the Hidden Staircase, the adults acting for a just cause. I guess she was with the uh, uh, Justice Smith, and uh, and some other uh, movies that you can just look at her filmography. Uh, but going back to the the, uh, the cast, we also have Hugh Grant as a character called For named Forged. Uh, also, Chloe Coleman and Daisy Head. Chloe Coleman, she is known for playing alongside Dave Bautista in a movie called, I think it's called I Spy. It's either I Spy or Me Spy. It's supposedly uh, action comedy. Uh, yeah, My Spy. And I've yet to see that movie because I thought it did look, honestly, I thought it would look funny. Um, also, like I said, you have the character, you do have the actor from the movie Underworld Blood Wars. Uh, and she, she plays pretty much a vampire that's in love with, uh, liking a werewolf in that movie. So her name was Daisy Head. She plays that vampire in, uh, Underworld Blood Wars that is in love with the Viking. Um, that's pretty much the entire cast. I mean, like I said, Michelle Rodriguez is Holgo. She's a really notable character in it. Um, and, you know... Oh, also, um... The... The, uh, comedian... The comic actor slash acting... Uh, action actor... Bradley Cooper. He's... he's a, he has a cameo in this film. I actually missed that my first showing during the whole fan sneak peek, the 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 fan event sneak peek. I missed that. Bradley Cooper, he plays a a short guy that was the first love interest of Holger. Um, be sure to pay attention because that is a key part of the movie, of the plot of the movie, at least Holger's story arc. And I mentioned story arc because just about every main character in this film, pretty much every main every main character in this film has a story arc. Even Kira, played by Corey Coleman, Sophia, played by Daisy Head, those two characters they may seem minor, but they have a story arc. And especially Edgin, played by Chris Pine, Holger, played by Michelle Rodriguez, Simon, played by Justice Smith, X X E or whatever, played by with J Jean Page. Dork, played by Sophia, Lu uh, uh, Sophia Lu uh, Lilius, and Hugh Grant, played by Forge. They all have their own little story segment that gives breath to their character. It gives breath, it gives depth to their character, and explains their motivations. I mean, Forge doesn't really have too much of a mini-biography, so to speak. He has, like, a little bit, but it's not as developed. So, as I was saying, Forge didn't really have anything, uh, upon much, he didn't have a, uh, a mini biography or a mini introduction towards his character, he was just pretty much a con man that, um, you know, all he wanted to do was just con his way into making more money, I mean, like, the character is definitely, um, a funny character, but he's not, like, really intimidating, he, he's intimidating, Forge is more of a, uh, played by Hugh Grant, by the way, in case I hadn't mentioned that earlier, I know I did, but, he, he's not intimidating, he's just meant for comedy, he's rather more annoying than he is literally anything else, and, you know, the characters, Edgen, or Edgen, whatever, however it's pronounced, Holger especially, she, 
in pretty much hates Forge after this. Uh, Simon Doric, you know, they, they really don't like his character. Even Safina the the witch, they call her a wizard, but she's, I mean, let's be real, a female wizard or a female spellcaster or a female magician, whatever, a female that does magic, has magical powers, she's a witch. So, Safina the witch, uh, she's uh, she's called a red. She's called one of the. She's called the red wizard. She's a ma member of the red wizards. And I guess most of them are male. I don't know if it's fifty percent male, fifty percent female, whatever. But the the red wizards, and she happens to be a red wizard, but she's more or less a witch. She is uh, pretty much annoyed by Forge as well. She's basically just using him for her plot of making an army of undead because the red wizards supposedly hate. The living. <clears throat> Don't know why. Um, they hate the living, so they want to turn pretty much all the living within the area into zombies by casting this 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 uh, red smoke that pretty much kills them and then zombifies them and then brings them back to life and makes them harder to kill. And then you know it's with some kind of weird red horn that uh yeah she uses um. The master before her used it. So, basically, uh, yeah. Kira does, you know, learn to trust Doric for the most part. Kira is Edgar's uh, daughter, his biological daughter. Um, uh, she pretty much trusts his Doric because he's like an uncle to her. And he becomes like a father figure. But he's it's a part of his kind. But he even, he's pretty cunning in it to the point where he gains her trust. And he's been he spent years with her. Or at least a year or two, and uh, he he says a quote like, "It's almost like a god, you know, to shape somebody in your image, you know. I'm a lord and a god. I'm doing quite all right." And that's kind of funny. That just shows how cocky and self-confident and uh, full of him, full of himself that he is. But yeah, Kira does learn that he's uh, just conning his way, you know. Egan is not, you know, he's forward at the beginning, but then he learns quickly. Both him and Holga. Uh, I mean, Simon didn't have a personal stake in it, but, uh, yeah, just, just to offer you a little bit more information on who Forge really is, um, but he doesn't really have much of a story arc, he just kind of, you can kind of figure him out right away, he's pretty much the con man that's behind the whole plot, um, he pretty much is, uh, just trying to get rich off of people, bring back the games, he becomes the lord of Neverwinter, uh, and, uh, he ends up, uh, Fathering or uncling, uncling Kiwa, who is uh, Egan's biological daughter, um, and having said that, you know Kiwa learns at the end that he's just nothing but bad news. To kind of go back, the reason why uh, they know Safina and the reason why Edgar and Holger get caught is because of Safina. So they there was this plan to get this horn that Safina wants, which is the one that creates the army of the dead. Basically, she needed that, and she knew that Egan was a former Harper, and according to him, according to her, Harpers are the only one that can access the vault that the horn is located in, because it's, it's a powerful weapon that was the Harpers had got had gotten from the uh, Red Wizards. They obtained it and they locked it away, and they're the only ones that can unlock it. So Egan, being a former Harper, is the only one that can unlock it, and he doesn't really originally want to do it. Uh, he even says, you know, it's too dangerous. He tells Kiwa it's too dangerous. But Doric, I mean, not Doric, I'm sorry, Forge com uh, uh, convinces him to get the Tablet of Awakening, convinces him to go into the vault because 
not only is the horn in there, the horn that Safina wants, but the Tablet of Awakening, which is what Edgen wants to bring back his dead wife, is located inside the vault. So he's then convinced to do this mission, and they obtain both the horn and the Tablet of Awakening, but Safina doesn't care about the Tablet of Awakening, she just wants the horn, and she ends up casting her spell of... her, her stop motion, making everything freeze, her time spell. And because of that time spell, Edgar and Holger get caught. Uh, Simon, he was caught in it, I guess he, I guess he used magic to get out of it. Uh, Forge, of course, of course, helped, he, you know, he, he's the one that obtained the, uh, Tablet of Awakening, and Egan tells Forge to take care of Kiwa. And that's what he does. That's pretty much what Forge does. He, he says he's charged with taking care of Kiwa. So he says, well, after you got caught, I pretty much took it upon myself to take care of her. After all, you did charge me with her well-being. And, you know, he they, they loaned. The whole goes quick to catch on. She says, she's the one that's got us. Safina's the one that got us caught. And they learned that uh, Forge was behind them getting caught. And I encourage you to show up early to watch the beginning of the movie because it's funny. It kind of it just kind of sets everything in motion in a funny way, which is why I like this film so much. It's not just like, hey, um, this is another magical realm, medieval franchise based on a board game or video game type stuff. It's not like Minecraft or uh, whatever that other one is. I forgot Forge of Empires or something. It's this is based off of an old popular franchise called. Dungeons and Dragons, and the way that it starts at the beginning, it's all about, it's making you laugh, it's giving you something to laugh at, so it kind of draws you in, but then it starts to slowly tell you the story of in each and every character's motive for in the story. It tells their little subplot and how it relates to the overall plot of the movie, which is why I like it. It's the editing was done quite well, and uh, I mean, it even shows you moments with of Edgar and his wife, not big moments, but little moments that are so important that if you pay attention, this is his overall drive. He wants to bring her back with the Tablet of Awakening, and the Tablet of Awakening can only be used once. So, you know, it, it it's enough to remind you and the character of Edgar of what he's doing in the first place. And you know, and I want to make this as a note on the side. I've noticed there are four biracial actors in this movie, at least four. And I say that because I'm a surfing biracial. So the character, the actor Chloe Coleman, Kiwa, I even looked this up just to make sure. She's of biracial origin. She has an interracial parents. One's of Caucasian descent and one's of uh, African American descent, more or less. So she's biracial. So is Regay Gene Page. I really don't know his history, but he looks biracial. I gotta look him up just to make sure. He plays the character. Exenic, who is like the knight in shining armor, and especially Justice Smith, who people in the past have mistaken him to be related to Will Smith. Um, he plays Simon, the the wizard that needs practice, obviously the sorcerer, the the sorcerer that needs practice. I would say. So you can tell because of, of the facial hair and the hair on the head, um, especially with Chloe Coleman. Who is, you can tell her, her long, curly hair. Biracials are known for our hair, our, our skin tone, and our hair. Matter of fact, my hair is a little bit uh, fizzy, frizzy right now, but I've got some stuff called Mixed Chicks, as well as uh, Tresemme. I've got like a whole system I use. I use different things. I've learned to use a leave in conditional just for my hair, just to get it, you know, looking good. I don't know what Chloe Coleman uses. I really don't know what any of them uses. But basically, yeah. Um, and also, the actor. Or actress that plays um, 
Egan's wife, Zia, is played by Georgia Sanders, and she's relatively a new face, but um, as I mentioned, she's one of the uh, four biracial actors that I noticed in in the movie, and I was just astonished to see, I was astonished to see so many in this movie because it's like, I know that more and more biracial people, people more or less my color, are coming out and acting, getting noticed in acting, but, I mean, it's just astonishing to see four in one movie, and, uh, yeah, that's just inspiring. Anyway, um, moving on, so the story pretty much unfolds, like I said, Forge is a con man, he's orchestrating events along with, uh, Sophia, but the movie's not really just about the loss of Egan's wife, a.k.a. Kira's mother. It's also about Holga, what she goes through. Apparently, she's a warrior. Uh, she belongs to, She used to belong to a certain clan. I forgot the name. But, more or less, she was kicked out of that clan, banished, banned, however you put it, for falling in love with, according to the customs, uh, somebody she uh, was forbidden from... from, from from of doing from doing so, and that certain someone is actually I, I don't know the character's name, but if you pay attention, is played by Bradley Cooper. Um, he's a short guy. He's a guy that's like he's shorter than humans, so he's kind of like a kind of like a Hobbit-like character, kind of like a midget, but not really. A, he's not really a midget. He's like a small man, like a Hobbit, if you will, but not quite. I I, I really don't know how to put it. It's more like a Hobbit, but uh, yeah. Um, so. You know, and later on you see that she goes back to his house to get some of her things, and apparently he has moved on. He, apparently he has moved on. He's found yet another woman of Holger's tribe. The woman he found is a, is a little bit bigger than Toa to Holger, but she's more or less kind of like Holger, just another warrior. And if you want to know what the warriors look like, they kind of resemble in the appearance of the costumes. Um, Vikings, if for more or less just the way they have like feathers around their collar, their coats, and how they do their hair, like Mohawk Viking style. And uh, I don't know, it's just, um, it's nice to have that little touch in the movie because it makes it funny. And not only that, but it's just surprisingly funny to see Bradley Cooper in a role that he typically, I guess, wouldn't be in. He must have had fun in it, fun in it as well. It's just a, it's kind of like in the movie Bullet Train when you unexpectedly see Ryan, uh, Ryan Reynolds as a character, Carvel, the one that, uh, Ladybug tends to have, uh, hardships about. He tends to not like him, because he's like, you know, fuck Carvel. Well, in this movie, it's just like that. It's like you don't expect to even see Bradley Cooper. I'm not even sure if he's credited in this movie. Like, I'm looking through the IMDb credits and I don't see his name in any of the credits, so it's kind of like, I guess it was a last minute touch in the film that they just added his actor as a character, but he, he makes it, you know, a, a rememberable experience, so that's what I like about this movie, it has certain touches that just make these go so right, um, it's, it's one of the best movies of 2023 for me, um, but moving forward, you know, we, we, we see them, apparently the item that she gets is some kind of weird staff. She thinks it's a walking cane that uh, her former boyfriend had obtained. But according to S Simon, the rather pathetic sorcerer, 
He's the one that does all the magic tricks. He knows, at least he has knowledge. He knows what it is. It's a, called a Hither Tither Staff. And the words Hither Tither mean like this and there, to and fro, or something like that. So it's able to create a portal. You can create a portal here, and it can open up here. So if you need to get across a certain distance when you're lacking a bridge, like they do in the movie, you can just create a hole in space. And, and there you go. It's, uh, it opens up on the other side. And uh, they use it quite well in the movie. Like It just so happens that the item that they needed was in possession of by Holger's old boyfriend. Um, I don't know if they got married, but, you know. Yeah, according to him, like, she would get drunk often due to the fact that she was abandoned by her tribe. She was kicked out, you know, because of he, she moved in with him. Anyway, she started living with him and being with him, and he just didn't like it, so he dumped her and found somebody else. So Holger just has a sad past. But she eventually does find somebody at the very end that, is short just like the guy she knew. She, apparently she has a thing for those. Um, yeah, some women just like short men. And moving forward, you know, Dork definitely has her, her past, you know, how she doesn't trust humans. Apparently she's a shapeshifter. Um, she has, like, goat horns and a goat tail for some reason. I'm not sure. She doesn't have goat legs. I really don't know what Dork is. She's kind of like, uh just a human half human half something that can change her form quite frequently and it's like um it's very very useful like it is surprisingly useful how she uses it she uses it to escape she uses it to sneak in and she uses it to just do certain things like she turns into an owl bell, which is like a a hybrid uh, a, a, a owl, a snow owl, uh, snow bell hybrid, or a snow owl polar bell hybrid. And uh, if you don't know what that is, uh, just you know, just watch the trailer. Honestly, um, you can tell. Yeah, according to my source, she is a half elf druid. And, you know, the Jews were known in the Viking area. So, what I was saying about Dork is that, but pretty much she's a, just a shapeshifter. I mean, she's able to turn into different animals. She's, her favorite is the Owlbear. She joined the, she joined Egan because she wanted to protect her home from Forge, uh, who had ordered the destruction of her forest. And, pretty much in a nutshell, Dork had ordered the destruction of, of the forest because, uh, he was trying to maintain control or something, you know. He's basically a tyrant at this point. And due to that, you know, they had to pretty much fight back and get rid of him before he destroyed everything. And, yeah, she cares about her forced home because, according to her, her humans, the humans that she was born to did not want her. They decided, quote-unquote, they decided they didn't want half-druid, half-elf hybrid and uh, this causes her to resent humans. She doesn't really trust humans, which is why she doesn't initially trust Egan or anyone else. She barely even trusted Simon, who she met earlier. Um, apparently, they had dated for a bit. Um, and I guess he tried to impress her with his magic, and she found out that he was a 
horrible sorcerer. And they call it quartering, which basically I guess is dating, but um, more or less they dated for a bit. And they kind of have a second date. Not really a date, but you know. Um, the little kind of love interest dork and Simon. But uh, yeah, so she's one of the characters who has a side story. And, you know, I'll just let you watch the West. My internet is just acting up. My computer is always acting up. I've got to get a better one. But, yeah, that's that's the great thing about this movie is that it's not just... It's got its own thing. It's When it comes to character stories, it's it's unique because... That's what I meant by it got to have its own thing. It kind of brings people back to the when they used to play Dungeons & Dragons. You know, they used to play the board game, and they used to play different characters. One person would be, like, a knight. One person would be an elf or a spellcaster. One person would be the dungeon master... Kind of like how you, you there's a mobile version of somewhere else. It's kind of like Fable, I guess, or whatever. You pick your character. There's certain characters that are in this movie. They fit, you know, they're, the, they're meant for a purpose. And not everybody's strong. Not everybody's magic. Not everybody's a shining knight. Um, Holger is pretty much the muscle. She's pretty much the warrior. You know, get, does all the heavy duty stuff, all the. No, when you need a strong person, that's pretty much what she is. Uh, uh, Edgen is the planner. He's the strategic leader. He's the one that's kind of the cunning wolf in sheep's clothing. He pretends to be a common man, but he's kind of like a common thief. His daughter Kila, pretty much who who participated in their stealing. You know, it started with Edgen and Holger. You know, they started stealing stuff. She would use brute force. Edgen would use his charm and his his loot. Kiwa would use her necklace that they obtained during one of the, you know, the raids of uh, the thieving raids. She turns invisible. He can use that to steal. And Simon, of course, would use his magic, his sorcery. Um, of course, they met Forge, who was a con, con man, kind of on par with Egan. You know, Egan wasn't really, uh, I, I guess he could be considered a con man in some sense, in some, to some extent, but Egan seems to have more of a sense of honor due to being a former Harper versus Forge, who just, because, you know, here's a little story at the end, because of his mom, he, he has how he turned out um, the way he is. But, uh, yeah, it's like I said, it started out with Egan and Hoga. You know, they decided to, you know, because pretty much. Edgen had difficulty raising Kiwa on his own without his wife, once his wife passed. And he would just get drunk and she would notice it. But then Holger came along and took pity on Kiwa and raised her pretty much. Kind of like a, a surrogate mother, kind of like a, a fill-in mother, a substitute mother. And not to say that she was a love interest of Edgen, but Edgen allowed her to stay because Kiwa and, and Dora you know, developed a bond. I mean, I mean, Holger and Kiwa developed a bond. Holger calls Kiwa Bug, I guess because she's so small and because she's invisible, basically, due to the necklace that she has. But yeah, um, which oddly Forge forgets about, he forgets the use of, and I'm like, well, didn't he anticipate that she would use that one day? Because she uses it at the end in a rather unique way. Um, she pretty much uses um, uses it to put magic hampering or tampering cuffs, magic hindering cuffs, on the Red Wizard Safina. Back to uh, Holger and Kira and Egan. Yeah, they become more or less a family. 
they start to pretty much steal because at this point Egan has given up on his Harper oath he doesn't care he decides to use his skills to steal and use that for the money purposes and you know that's how they can afford the home and it's just you know that's what makes this a good family film is it's about family but it's not like rely, it doesn't rely too heavily on action or CGI it surprisingly did not rely a lot on CGI. Something like Ant-Man or a lot of these Marvel movies, they, they rely so much on CGI and this movie just did not rely on CGI. Of course they did for the dragons and the army of the dead and a lot of the magical casting and the stone dragon fight and the hand cuff fight that happens at the end and of course the transformations of the owlbell and ant and, and bugs and snake and fucking deal and whatever else Dork transforms into. But surprisingly, it you can tell it's more realistic. You can tell it's more practical, just because it didn't need a whole lot of CGI. It just needed CG, It just used CGI, where, where CGI was necessary. And I've watched so many videos on YouTube where people have said, "Stop using CGI to make the whole movie," unless of course you can do it right, like Capcom does the Resident Evil films, or you know, Square Enix does the Final Fantasy films. But when it comes to something like this movie, you can't rely too heavily on CGI. You have to use it as to supplement well needed. And it, that's what makes it so great is they watched where they needed to use CGI. And probably the programs they were using to make the graphics were, were different. But um, yeah, this movie is just it's an action comedy. I highly recommend it. Um, I don't want to make this review too long because honestly the plot of this movie is pretty much easy to understand straightforward but the way they cut it in editing they go back and forth between different timelines for comedic purposes mo mostly it, it, it it's a unique it's a unique way to t it's a it's a unique way to tell <laughs> to tell the story i mean it's like you can tell the same story over and over again but you just have to change the way you do it i mean people have said avatar which i've argued about is more or less a Pocahontas slash dances with wolves dances with wolves story, and it is, and it's okay to tell those stories. Look at Marvel, but it's how you do so, and this is another example of we telling the same story that we are familiar with, but in a way which we are not familiar with. 